you know. <laughs> okay, we're we're good. We're good. Oh. <laughs> I tell you, God is good, isn't he? They, uh, there was a lot of young people around the flagpole this morning. I was kind of surprised. Uh, last time I was there, uh, there wasn't that many showed up. And uh, a lot of faculty showed up this morning. And uh, Kevin, um, what is Kevin? Talon. Yeah, known that kid forever, but couldn't. his last name keeps slipping. But he's a handsome kid. Now, is he the principal? He's the principal, and he's doing, I'll tell you what, I'm just proud of that, that guy. He was out there around the flagpole with us praying uh, over those young people and stuff, and, I, man, I like that. And, uh, the, you know, the, uh, there's probably 15 or so, maybe close to 20, circle around the, the flagpole. And of course, the buses uh, don't get in until after that thing is over anyway, so I'm sure that uh, they would have been some more. But I'm really excited about uh, the, the youth and their stand for Christianity on our campus. So I don't know what the other, I guess that was a nationwide, was that a nationwide thing to, to meet at the flagpole or whatever? It was great. Now, I want you to take a pencil, uh, and if you're interested in learning more about the stars and the constellations, I want you to, you can buy this book and you can start with this book. Uh, I got most of my information from this book. It's called The Heavens Declare. The Heavens Declare, and it's written by a man by the name of William Banks. William Banks. He, uh, William Banks. He has spent about, uh, well, he spent all of his life gathering information and studying the stars. In that book, uh, you'll get, you'll, he, he has a replica of, a star, of the oldest, one of the oldest star charts in existence. He has a replica of it in the book. Uh, it makes mention to it several times. It's amazing. The stars, the name of the stars uh, have not changed. And, and then star charts. So when the scripture says in Genesis, uh, in fact, put Genesis chapter one, I think it's verse 14 up there. Uh, and then we'll kind of go down the line. But um, when God put the stars in the sky, uh, then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. And we talked about this uh, the last time we had this class. He set the whole universe into motion in this verse right here. This whole thing was wound up. Earth started spinning on its axis, started orbiting around the sun. Uh, days and nights, uh, the moon started orbiting around the earth. Everything, this verse right here, sets everything into motion uh, uh, in our whole universe, okay? And uh, so when he did this, he made the stars for signs, okay? Uh, let them be for signs and seasons. And that word seasons comes from a Hebrew word. Now, I've got it on our notes, but I want to remind you, it's M-O-E-D, it, 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 Moed. It's the same word that is used for the feast, the seven feasts of Israel. And, and it means, it means, it means a, 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 a certain event. Okay, let me read it. The word, Hebrew word Moed carries the meaning of an appointment at a certain time. It is always used when referring to a set time for a miraculous event. Now, it, and when we go back to the feast, we'll find out that all the events, the first four events that the feasts are pointed to happened at a certain miraculous time. Mary got pregnant at that certain miraculous time. It was a set or a Moad event. Jesus, a Passover lamb, entered Jerusalem. Remember what they'd say? My time is not yet. My time is not yet. 
And then when the time is right, he entered into Jerusalem. The Lamb of God entered. It was a set time. Passover was a set time. Now, the Hebrew people had, had celebrated that feast for 1,500 years, pointing toward a certain specific time in the future when it would happen. And when he walked into Jerusalem that day and he died as the Passover lamb, that was a, a, an appointed time for a miraculous event that had been pictured in those feasts. And that's the reason we call this silent witnesses. They missed it. They had celebrated this thing for 1,500 years, and the Jewish people missed it. We look back on it and think, well, how could they have missed the revelation? You know, for 1,500 years, they, they slaughtered the lamb. John the Baptist saw him, and immediately he recognized that, behold, the lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. He recognized the lamb immediately. But yet the whole Jewish nation and the priests and everybody rejected him and that's something that they had missed. They had done those feasts and had missed what the feast was trying to teach them, that there would be a time in history, a set Moed time for a miraculous event to take place. And the same thing happens in our star charts, that, that these uh, constellations were, were, were silent witnesses for set miraculous times that would happen in the future when God created them. When God created the, the universe and the heavens and all that stuff, he put those stars up there for signs and for seasons. And there's not a doubt in my mind that Adam knew exactly what they were there for. I think he knew them. I think he knew the stars' names. I think what, he knew what the constellations meant. It was a gospel story written in the stars. Long before it was written in this book, it was written in the stars. Long before it was written in stone, it was written in the stars. And so, and so how, did, you know, how did people know? Because the gospel message and the plan of redemption had been written in the stars long before this took place. A silent witness. Let them be for signs. Remember we talked about last week, if you've never been over a stretch of road and you come to a sign that has all this squiggly like that and says 15 miles an hour, how many knows you need to slow down to 15? It's a sign. Somebody's been before you. And, left, and then come back and left you a marker as a sign to warn you of something that's ahead. That's, the stars are for signs. And so we need, we need to understand that. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 26 says this. Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? Who's created them? They just happened, right? No? God made them, okay? Who's made these things? That bringeth out their host by number, and he calleth them all... By names. They're not, I, don't, I don't think, there's not a doubt in my mind that he did not share these names with Adam and he, did, and he translated what those names meant because some of the names of the stars that we're going to share dates back over 5,000 years. And the meanings of the names are still the same. He called them all by what? Name. Okay? So uh, we're going we're gonna to cover and pick up uh, constellation number seven, but... How many, how many knows where we've been? What was the first six? Where did we start? You guys, I've been gone two weeks. Carol, I'm letting you off, okay? Okay, where does it start? Virgo, which is Latin for what? Virgin. The, the branch, she carries a branch in her hand, and the star charts, it always pictures her with, with some corn, in, in her one hand, seed corn, 
uh, which means that there, there's a branch. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 11 said there's going to come a branch out of the root of Jesse. This, this Latin, this virgin uh, uh, is going to get pregnant. She's going to have a, a, a son. Uh, he's going to be called the branch. Seed corn is, is something that you plant, uh, and in order for it to grow, it's got to die. So it's representing that whole star chart is saying there's a virgin that's going to get, that's going to get pregnant, and she's going to have a son, that it, and he's going to be a, a branch, somebody who is, is coming, and he's going to die. So, the, I mean, you know, Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground, and what? Die, it abideth alone. So it's all in the star charts. And then what's the second one? Libra. What's Libra? The scales. What's the scales doing? It's weighing. In fact, in the star chart, it shows, it shows them dipping. One of them's dipping. What's taking place? Uh, sin has entered the picture. The reason the virgin had to get pregnant and have the branch of the Redeemer is because the rest of the story is a revelation is that something's taking place and the balance of the God scales is not balanced anymore. Something's taking place. Something has entered the picture. Remember, remember what uh, was it? Uh, Belshazzar was having a wild party uh, with the, the vessels of gold from the Lord's house, the temple. And uh, out of the invisible sleeve of the night came the fingers of a man's hand and began to write on the wall. Mean, meeny, tinkle, you saw him or something like that. And so nobody could read it. It was in a language that nobody could understand. Kind of like tongues. And then they called Daniel, and he looked at it, and God gave him the revelation. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting, and your kingdom will be taken from you. I'm telling you, mankind sin entered the picture, and mankind, the, the scales of God's balances was shifted, and now mankind was in trouble. What's the third sign? Scorpio. Who's born in the sign of Scorpio? Change. <laughs> no, the scorpion. The, the brightest star in the scorpion uh, is called Antares. And you can go back in your notes when we did this. And it means the wounding. Remember Genesis what, chapter 3, verse 15 says, there's the enemy, Satan's going to bruise your heel. But he's going to wound your head. And the brightest star in that constellation means the wounding, which has been translated that for over 5,000 years that we know of. The wounding. There's going to be a scorpion who represents evil. How often has a scorpion represented? Now, we know the New Testament. Back then, they had to have revelation, too, about evil. But what did, what did Jesus say? I'm going to give you power to tread on what? Scorpions. Scorpions. Well, what? Now, now that... I mean, I'm not going to pull off my shoe or whatever and go around stepping on scorpions. So that had to be more than, than natural scorpions, right? It was a supernatural enemy that we have. And he's represented in this constellation uh, Scorpio, uh, which he's, he's the instigator. He's the problem. He's the reason balances are out of, out of kilter. He has deceived someone. And we know the story. We know the revelation that Adam and Eve, they, they blew it. As a result of the serpent entering the garden, the scorpion entered the garden, they're both the same individuals, right? They entered the garden, deceived uh, Eve, and, and, then the, and we know the rest of the story. So then what's the fourth one? Sagittarius. I was born under the sign of Sagittarius. How many is born under the sign of Sagittarius? Three or four? All right. I always thought, that's kind of weird. 
I'd go into the Chinese restaurants, you know. Chinese restaurants are real big on signs, you know. They, they have star charts. And I think, oh, what in the world is a, a half horse, half man got to do with, this, with the story of salvation? And, and it just simply means, now he's an archer. And he has an arrow. And it's aimed in the star charts at the scorpion. It's saying that there's going to be a dual-natured person come. Someone that possesses a dual nature that's going to come. And he's going to take care of the scorpion. He's going to be God. And he's going to be man. We couldn't do it. There's no way that we could have got out of the mess that man was in. In our best day, we couldn't do it. We needed a Savior. And so here comes this dual-natured person with the answer. And his arrow is pointed toward Scorpio in the star chart. And if you get that book, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see that. The arrow is pointed toward Scorpio where the star is, where it says the wounding. <laughs> I tell you, I'm telling you, you listen, this thing... This thing, if you couldn't make up this story. Who, the only God could have thought of this story. As a silent witness for everybody that wanted to study and get a hold of the old star chart. It was a God, if you never had a Bible, if you just had a star chart and you had some kind of a, a way of, of getting a revelation out of that, you would know about God and about a Redeemer. What's the next one? Capricorn. It's the goat. And the goat is... It's bending down in death. You can see he's dying. But out of death, here comes out. So the head of the goat, his head is going down. Now the back of the goat comes this thing that looks like the tail of a fish. Jesus is the, the, the scapegoat, the sin offering that's going to give birth to something that, that has, needs water for its existence. <laughs> I'm telling you, something that swims in water. What's the next one? Aquarius, the age of Aquarius. There would come a, it, it spoke of a time that there would be a water pour that would come that would meet the needs of something new, a fish, that would need to survive. He told the woman at the well, he said, if you drink the water I give you, You'd never thirst again. Something that would need the assistance of water to survive. The outpouring, the scripture talks about the early rain and the latter rain. On the day of Pentecost, the water came. And God began to pour out his spirit. He said, if you, any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Listen, I, I hope that you and I get so thirsty that you, that you can't end a day without getting alone with God somewhere. And that God would take his water of his spirit and just begin to saturate you with his presence and with his spirit that you'll get so full of the Holy Ghost that your life will, take, will be transformed in a, in a tremendous way. Okay, so Aquarius, that was the sixth one, right? The seventh one. Go with me to your notes, okay? Number seven. The constellation Pisces. The fish. <laughs> Enter the church realm. Okay? In the star charts, in the star charts, there's, there's fish. 
There's two of them, and they're connected by a rope or a ribbon or a band. And uh, the fish represents the mystical body of Christ. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Let's see. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will what? I'll make you fishers of men. Men. Now, how many has ever seen the fish sign on, on a car or a bumper or whatever? And I, and I can't remember how they get that fish sign. It's like the, the words of a Latin words of Jesus or something that spells out or means fish or something like that. But the fish sign has always been a sign of believers. In fact, from for hundreds of years, dating back to, to the Romans, they, if you was a Christian, uh, you, you could put a fish sign outside and people walking by your house would know there, there's a believer that lives there for the sign that, that they, they lived under. So it is, it is a sign of the, of the body of Christ, Pisces. So, and when they were connected, we are, we are you know, uh, dependent upon water to survive. Jesus even told these guys what to use for bait. He said, follow me. Now, 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 before you put that scripture up there, I'm going to ask him a question. Don't put that up there yet. What, 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 are they, what is Jesus going to have them use for bait to catch fish, catch men? Worms. Perch. Shiners. <laughs> oh, oh, which is a good guess. All right. <laughs> oh, man. He told them, he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And then he told them what to use for bait to draw them. John chapter 12, verse 32. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw what? All people. In the gospel message, your testimony, when you lift up Christ in your life, when you lift up Christ in your testimony, there's something about the message of the cross and the message of Christ that is attractive to people. The change that he makes in your life. The, the things that he does. Just the mention of his name. We sing a song. Something special about just his name. Why is that? Because he designed it so. It's part of the gospel message. And that's why it's, it's not you and I personally that attracts people to Jesus. It's the message that we have. It's the message we contain. He, he said, we contain this, this message in earthen vessels. And all we had to do is open our mouth, let the water of the Holy Spirit anoint it. And when it goes forth, I'm telling you, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And so he said, you can use me as bait. All right? So you'll make us fishers of men. He wants to make you fishers of men. That's what Pisces is all about. Now, what could, be, what could the two fish uh, connected by a rope mean? I thought about this. It doesn't really, uh, you know, say what this is or what, you know, here, here's these two fish. They're, they're swimming in opposite directions. In the star charts, one fish is going up. One fish is, is uh, swimming uh, in, in, the, in the direction that the sun appears to take. Uh, and so there's no really a clue. And you, we don't want to read into something that we don't know what it is. But it could be the Old and the New Testament saints. Connected together. Could be. Or under B, it could stand for those who have gone before in death. And those who wait. We're connected. We're connected. Or it could stand for those who go in the rapture and those who are left. 
There are two stars that are named in this constellation. And you can pronounce that Hebrew name any, any way you want to, O-K-D-A, meaning the united, the united. We are all united in what? In Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. We're all, we're all united in Christ. Regardless of, of where you live and where you worship, if you're in Christ, then you're a brother. You're a sister. We are connected. We are united together. We are, we are linked together. Okay? That could, it could be. It, it could, you know, it, you know, that's what the star means. In Arabic, it's the star, and you can pronounce that any way you want to. It means the upheld. The upheld. Listen. You don't live this on your own. You, you don't live this life in your own strength. You, you live this life in the strength of the Spirit. God is the one who enables us to live this life. The Holy Spirit's the one that enables us to live the Christian life. Enabled. Okay? It's, it's through His ability that we live this life. You are kept by the power of God. We are not only united, but we are upheld. We are kept. And that's the name of those stars. And those stars have been named that for thousands of years. Number eight, the constellation Aries. The lamb or the ram. How, who, how many of you were born under the constellation Aries? All right, one or two, three, four. Aries, the lamb. The, the, now, like Capricorn, both are male lambs. Capricorn had, had horns. He was a male. And so in the constellation charts, uh, Aries is also a male lamb. He got horns. And they are looking, Capricorn was looking back, and Aries, the lamb, is looking forward, and that is very significant. They are looking in different directions. Capricorn is looking back to the, to the devastation of what has taken place to mankind, to the sacrifice it's going to take. And Aries is looking forward. Now, so we're coming out of this church age, all right? Now, remember, we're talking about silent witnesses. There'll be a point when this age that we are enjoying right now is going to end. When I'm, I'm talking about silent witnesses now, a revelation of this constellation, Aries is not looking back. He's looking to the future, to what's coming after the church age. So, so you need to understand we're, fixing, we're, we're ending one segment of the story, which is the church age, and we're fixing to transition into something else, into another age, Okay. Aries is looking forward to the next phase of the story, which is the blessed hope. What is the hope of the church? What is the blessed hope of the church? We're getting out of here. We're, we're out of here. It's not going to be just a few uh, short days, maybe hours, minutes, and the church is getting out of here. And so Aries is looking forward, after the church, he's looking forward to something else that is coming. He is in a position of rest. In the star charts, he's laying down. He's not standing up. He's not, lay, he's not dying. He's laying down. In fact, in the star charts, his, his, one of his legs is over the band that connects Pisces of the fish together. His leg is over, which means he's in charge or he's in control. Now listen, what is Jesus doing right now? Is he running around worried? He's building. I go to prepare a place for you. Where does, he, where does Hebrews picture him as our priest? 
He, he's what? He's setting. He is setting. He is at rest. He's sitting at the right-hand side of the Father, and he's making intercession. When he said, it is finished, then he, then he went, went to heaven, and there he sat on the right-hand side of the Father. He had finished. So this ram, which, or this Aries, which is the lamb, he's laying down. He's resting. His work has been finished, okay? And now he's, now he's making intercession. He's not, he's not worried. He's not concerned. He, uh, he's, he's just watching, okay? The ancient name for Aries is Teleth meaning the lamb sent forth, which identifies him with Jesus. The Arabian name is Al-Hamad, the sheep gentle and merciful. Aren't you glad for mercy? Wow. The Arabian name, or Al-Hamad, the sheep gentle and merciful. The translations, and if you get that book and you read that, I read all the translations of those stars, and every one of their star names bear reverence to the lamb being wounded. <laughs> it was Jesus, the one who was wounded. But now he's resting. The work is finished, but he's looking forward to what's coming after the church age, which is just around the corner. Number nine, the constellation Taurus, the bull. This is interesting. Uh, how much time we got, Silver? <laughs> Never could trust that guy. <laughs> Taurus, the bull. How I many was born under the sign of Taurus? Aha, uh -huh, that's the reason you guys are so stubborn. Yeah. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. A great raging bull. In the star charts, it, it shows him with his head down, he has two horns. His head down and he is charging. Aries is looking, the lamb is looking toward this next phase after the church age, which, which is, is coming. He is a great raging bull charging with head lowered. Now turn, uh, Job 39 verse 9. Do you, have it? Do you have it up there? Will the wildlife be willing to serve you? Will he bed by your manger? Now, the King James Version uh, says and uses the name unicorn. Okay? And the unicorn in mythology is pictured with one horn. But that's in mythology. Unicorn is also the ancient name for R-H-E-E-M, Reem. Okay? Which was, now they are extinct today, but it was a, 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 a strain of wild bulls or an ox. It was huge. Some people say it was, sometimes it was large as an elephant. It was untamable. It, you could not tame it. It was wild. You couldn't harness it. The only way you could kill it was to trap it in a pit. In fact, uh, in Rome, uh, there was people were given medals for killing some of these things, okay, because they were so wild, all right? Now, in Job chapter 30, I'm going to read from uh, the King James. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee or abide by thy crib? Canest thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow? Or will... Uh, will he harrow the valleys after, after thee? Will you trust him because his strength is great? And uh, now God is asking Job all these questions. Now, if Job did not know what he was saying, there's a good chance for Job to speak up and say, God, what are you talking about? Job knew exactly who this animal was. He knew he was this wild, 
large ox-like, bull-like creature that had, uh, was tremendously angry and strong. Nothing could tame him. Now, the reason I say that is because there's no place in the book of Job where Job says, what is that? He knew exactly what it was, and God was asking him a question. Do you trust this thing? Will he, you know, will he, would you put him by your crib? Would you, would you try to harness him and plow the fields with him? They ain't no way. Job knew better and tried to do that. He'd kill him. Why? Because it was wild. He was fierce. Uh, he was angry. I mean, you didn't mess with this, with this thing. Uh, you couldn't tame him, okay? And so when you, when you come to this constellation of Taurus, this is what you see. So the unicorn or the rim is a symbol of strength, power, and fierceness. It's a symbol of judgment. After the church age, what is going to take place? Judgment. Three, three seats, three places you need to see Christ. First, you see him seated as the lamb. The lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Second, you see him seated by the right hand of the Father making intercession. We live in a great day of grace and mercy where, where you know, Christ is interceding. And then you see him sitting in the judgment seat. When does he move to the judgment seat? At the rapture of the church, Jesus leaves the seat of mercy. He leaves the seat of intercessor. It doesn't mean the Holy Spirit has been lifted from the earth because the Holy Spirit is still here. I'm just saying to you, that Jesus is no longer interceding for people here. And he's no longer extending mercy. Now he sits in the seat of judge. What does he start? He starts, judgment's going to begin where? At the house of God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, and give an account of the things done in this body, whether it be good or bad. So at the rapture of the church, Jesus gets up from the seat of intercessor, takes a seat of judge, and for seven years he's judging the church, handing out rewards and all that other stuff, and then the great marriage supper of the Lamb, and then he comes back and sets on the great, you know, at the end of the thousand-year reign, he sets on the great white throne. So what am I saying? You need to be careful. If you miss the rapture, a lot of people, and I used to tell myself when I was young, well, if I miss the rapture, I, I, yeah, hey, it's okay. Well, you might ought to rethink all that because I want mercy. I want Jesus interceding for me because I need all the help I can get. And after he leaves the seat of intercessor, it could get pretty rough here on earth. And it will get pretty rough here on earth. Can people get saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be a very difficult time. Very difficult time. Okay? Now, number 10, Gemini. The twins. Here's an interesting story, Acts chapter 28, and verse 11. Remember, Paul's on his way to Rome. Okay, it's kind of interesting because all of, all of the ancient world knew uh, about the constellations. We're, uh, our day, we're the only ones that's ignorant about them. Isn't it true? Cool. So Paul gets on this ship, okay? Paul gets on this ship. After three months, we sailed in an Alexandrian ship whose figurehead was the twin, was the twin brothers. What was that a reference to? Gemini, the twins, the constellation Gemini, which had weathered at, at the island. In fact, it even in the King James, does, does, it, uh, does the next verse name the stars? Because, uh, no, 
Well, some of the translations, I think the old King James, it says uh, it doesn't. Now, Gemini doesn't just take away from the truth of Scripture, but in the old King James, it, it names the stars, Pollux and Castor, which is the brightest star in this constellation. And they had them on the front of the ship as their, as their mast, as their, I, I guess it's like, you know, their identifying badge or something of the ship. So it's kind of interesting that he was on there. But they knew about, they knew about uh, this, this sign, okay? Pollux uh, was one of, the, uh, one of the stars. It means the ruler, our judge. The ruler, our judge. And Castor has the same meaning. So what is taking place? There is a ruler or a judge coming. The judge is coming. Remember, he's going to sit in the seat of what? Judge. So there's a judge coming. Man, when judgment comes, Taurus the bull, judgment's coming. What's going to take place? We're all going to appear before the... And then the name of that stars, the brightest stars in the, the sign of uh, Gemini, means that the ruler, our judge, okay? Now, they appear to be identical twins. One has an arrow or a bow in his hand, which means that, that they're, uh, an arrow comes quickly. So the, the, this, the, someone is coming, there's going to be a ruler, our judge, coming quickly. Scripture says in a twinkling of an eye. Doesn't it say it? So now notice this. I, this, the, I thought this was good. First John. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be what? For we shall see him as he is. We shall be like him. Fear not. Let the judge come. We're not being judged for our sins. We're being judged for our works by which we will receive rewards. Some things we'll suffer loss for because we, we did them with the wrong motives. But we're not being judged for sin. That we're not, we're not, it's not the fearful thing of judgment of going to hell. Okay? But he's coming quickly. And then the thing is, when we do see him, we're going to be absolutely like him. The twins. We're going to think like he does. I mean, we're going to have like the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, they, they're they're co-equal, co-existent. They have the, the same thoughts, the same desires, the same purpose. When we get there, we're going to have his purpose, his plans. I mean, it, we're going to we're going to identify with with everything that he wants to do. We'll be twins, uh, not in the sense that we will, I think, look like each like him, but we'll be united and with him uh, as a twin in everything he wants to do. Amen. Gemini, the twins. All right, the constellation Cancer. I, I'm boy, I got to hurry. The crab. Now the crab can live in two environments: underwater and on land. <laughs> Get this. This is so cool. The body of Christ is also equipped for two environments. What are they? Heaven and earth. We're living here, but one of these days we're going to get out of here and we're going to heaven. Okay? We identify. The crab possesses many legs or members. The scripture says that they're going to come out of every tribe, every kindred, every, every nation, every tongue. They're going to come. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 talks about the body of Christ, members. And, and so this crab, that we identify, the church identifies uh, with it. The crab has two claws for grasping and holding on. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. Check this one out. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on it. Grab it. To which you were also called and had confessed the good confession of the presence of many witnesses. Reach out your, your hands of faith and lay hold on the good stuff of God and simply hang on like a crab. I mean, don't, don't let go. Someone says a snapping turtle doesn't let go, let thunders. I don't know if that's true or not. But don't let go. Fight the good fight of faith. Then last, I know my, my time is up. The constellation Leo. In the star charts, he, he's springing up. He's, he's rising up and he's charging. Um, the lion will prevail. Revelation chapter 5, But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. There's a lion in our future who's going to come, set the record straight, set everything right. He is your king. Get this, and I'm going to close. Psalms chapter 50, verse 22. It's a warning. Okay? Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. So the lion does when he's hunting on the kill. There's a lion from the tribe of Judah. We're going to be safe in his arms, but the world is going to be at the mercy of his judgment. Man, stay, man, live for Jesus. Amen? Live for Jesus. It is good. Any questions? I encourage you to buy these books. Uh, start here with the one I gave you. It'll, it'll make you want to go buy more. And it'll give you revelation. I, I just gave you bits and pieces. That book will, well, you get into that book, you won't be able to put it down. And it has a huge star chart in the back of that book. It has one that you can take out and put on the wall, and it shows all the star charts. In fact, it shows you all the ones that, that's inside the, uh, the 12 major constellations. It has three minor signs, which kind of amplifies the message, and it, it'll give you more revelation about the whole story. It, 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 you won't be able to put it down, okay? You really won't be able to put it down. Now, silent witnesses. All of these things are going to happen at set appointed times. They have in the past. All these that are left to be, they're going to happen because the time has already been set for them to happen. So hold on, okay? God bless you guys. Appreciate you coming tonight. Awesome.